today we are on our last Sunday of reflection on the sacrament of confession. And so just a little recap to get to today. First weekend we reflected on the reality of vice and virtue, and that we never really attain full virtue until we attain virtue's end, which is God, the blessedness of heaven. The second week we reflected on the gift of God's mercy, and that God has something to offer us that we can't find anywhere else. Last week we reflected on examining our conscience. Why should we examine our conscience and how do we do it? This Sunday we'll reflect on how the devil, how Satan, tries to keep us from receiving these good things that God is trying to give us. That Satan actively works to separate us from this mercy of God, because if he keeps us away from it, he's one. God's desire is to draw us close to himself, and so if Satan can keep us away from that, then he's done his job. And from the three temptations that he gives to Jesus in the desert, we can see three different ways in which he tries to keep us from God. The first, the temptation of turning the stone into a loaf of bread. It's deafness. It's the way that we stop being able to see, to hear what is true over what is a lie. The temptation with food should remind us all the way back to the first temptation of Eve in the garden that Satan tempts Eve almost in the same way. And the way that he tempts her is to say that, look, see that this is good to eat, that it is food for the body. That he starts to help Eve believe, by a partial truth, a lie. That yes, it is good to eat, but God said not to. And so Satan starts to work in our life so that we are no longer able to see what is true in our life. And we start to allow a lie to become truth for us. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not something that happens all at once. Because if Satan proposed to us some great sin, we would say no. If I propose to you going to murder somebody, I would hope everyone here would say no. But somebody doesn't just wake up one morning and decide that's what they're going to do. It's little lies that sound like truth that slowly pull us away from God. It's a deafness. It's an inability to hear what is true anymore. And we need the grace of God to be able to hear the truth at all times and not let the lie that Satan whispers into our ear to take hold. The second temptation is the temptation of being king over all the kingdoms of the earth if Jesus but worship the devil. Jesus does become king, right? We worship Jesus as king, king of the universe. It's the way that we finish every liturgical year, the last Sunday of the church year is the feast of Christ the King. So what Satan is proposing to Jesus is the good that he will receive. But the ends don't justify the means. That what we see in that is self-reliance. That I can get to the end by my own strength. 
And what we know is that sin requires grace. We cannot overcome our sin in our life by our own strength. It's not going to be with more time and more effort that we're going to overcome our sin. It demands grace. It demands our reliance on God. But in an age of self-improvement and all of these self-help books that teach us how to better ourselves, we very easily fall into the temptation of, I can do this on my own. But the problem is that we know what the end should be. We don't know how to get there. We don't know the way. See, what did Jesus have to accomplish in order to become king? He had to endure his passion and his death to come to the resurrection. And there was constant temptations in his life to pull him away from embracing that suffering and death. We often want to avoid that long suffering that comes with being stripped of our sin. Because nobody likes to suffer. But we often need that long suffering because it's in that suffering that we learn our dependence on God and on others. Because only when we have been weakened can we really see, I can't do this on my own. Because how many times have we looked at something that we struggle with in our life and go, okay, let me just tackle it this way and I'll just make this plan and then I'll overcome it. And then we find ourselves back at square one, still having not overcome it, maybe made some small progress, but it's still present in our life. Because we can't do it alone. We cannot overcome sin on our own. Jesus conquers sin and death and him alone. The final temptation is Satan brings Jesus up to the pinnacle of the temple, which was the highest building in Jerusalem, and says, throw yourself off. Because scripture says that if you do, God will send his angels to protect you so that you will never be hurt. And Jesus' response is, scripture says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Presumption. Presumption can be a great temptation. That if we decide to sin, we offend God. But if we decide to sin because we know that we will be forgiven, we offend God twice. Because what happens when we presume is that it breaks relationship. Because presumption is the beginning of prejudice. It's making a judgment on what that person thinks or what that person will do before we let them reveal themselves to us. In your relationships in your life, if you presume what somebody is thinking how well does that work out? How many of us have had the experience where we're really anxious about facing this person because of whatever circumstance, and we go, oh my goodness, the worst case scenario is gonna happen. And we avoid it, and we avoid it, and then we finally sit down with this person, we have that conversation, we go, oh, I didn't know they thought that. That wasn't so bad. Presumption breaks relationship. The presumption that either I cannot be forgiven, or the presumption that, well, that sin's not so bad. And when we presume, we decide who God is instead of letting him reveal himself to us. We make it a contract 
If we presume it goes well, if I bring my sin, then God will give me my forgiveness. And that's not what God is about. He wants to create relationship. So we have to let that presumption die. Deafness to the truth, self-reliance and presumption are easy tactics that Satan nips at our heels to keep us from God. I came across a quote a couple weeks ago. It said that Satan knows our name but calls us by our sin. God knows our sin but calls us by our name. Satan knows our name but calls us by our sin. God knows our sin but calls us by name. That's the truth that we're striving to let come to us every time we come to confession. When we go to confession, we're letting God speak that truth to us. That he knows us by name. That our sin is not who we are. But that's where Satan will try to come in and pull us away from that. That's the gift of confession. So if there's something keeping you from receiving that gift, ask yourself, why? If it's questions, come and ask me. If it's past experiences from a priest who did not fulfill his role as he should have, acting in the place of Christ, I'm sorry. But that's not God. God is compassionate and merciful. If there's something else preventing you from coming, Ask God why. Because the sacrament of confession is as important as the Eucharist that we receive every Sunday. And I can tell you that in this parish, the times for confession will increase just as soon as we actually get our confessional finished. We're working on it. It's almost there. But the sacrament is so important. It's one thing that I can do for you that nobody else can. Not by my own strength, but by virtue of being a priest. It's something that I love doing because I know the gift that it has been for me in my life. Regular confession. It's a gift that God wants to give to you. So why would we put a barrier? We see the gift of the Eucharist, that's why we come to Mass on Sunday. Well, it's the same God who gives us the gift of confession. So let those barriers that make you think that you can't or that you shouldn't go, let them fall. And let God reveal himself to you again through his mercy in the sacrament.